Hello there, welcome to another episode of Let's Get Sexy, the podcast where I read an erotic story and you listen to it. We're still reading the last chapter of Lesbian Slave Island, chapter 18. We're on part two and I'll do a little brief recap of what's been going on. Lisa was woken up pretty early at 9.30, although according to the rest of the gang that was a lie-in. She had a little bit of time with Helen one-on-one. They had a sexy shower, but no masturbating, of course. And then after a little breakfast of strawberries out of a dog bowl and some water spat into her mouth, she's got straight on with trying to satisfy the needs of her next prospective owner, Gloria. So that's Gabriella's daughter, if you needed a reminder. Gloria has done a bit of fondling of the anus during breakfast and now she's made Lisa get up onto the dildo stool and even though Lisa's not exactly thrilled about it she's had to just get on board and she's realised that she doesn't have a choice she just has to get up on that dildo it's not her decision as always I am reading this chapter for the first time haven't peeked ahead don't know what's going to happen No comments again this time because I think there's probably going to be a chapter three, possibly even a chapter four. So let's, without any further ado, crack on with part two of chapter 18 of Lesbian Slave Island. Gloria ordered me to push down all the way, to take the entire dildo inside and hold it. I groaned and whimpered, feeling it deep inside. My shoulders lurched forward as the orgasmic feeling started to rise. Gloria noticed I was near climax, shot to her feet and grabbed my naked arms. Up and off, slave, she shouted. She helped me rise up away from the dildo and stool, steadying me on my feet. I panted, sweating, shiny and naked juices flowing down my thighs. I smiled into Gloria's eyes in triumph. Mistress, your slave successfully avoided orgasm, but it was close. Gloria grinned at me, her beautiful white teeth flashing. That's exactly what I wanted. Close without going over, she said. She almost hugged me, but stopped after noticing my naked body was glistening with sweat, water and sex juices. Her blue romper would have been smudged. Instead, She patted my head. Good slave, she said. I felt odd standing there, and I was panting, so I knelt. I remembered to spread my knees and arch my back, hands on thighs. My fingers felt that sticky, luscious sex juice. Helen stood and clapped briefly. Well done, slave, she said. The others clapped too. Helen continued, and it's about time that Gloria and Sasser took the slave for their planned outing. But first I'll remind everyone that we all love one another. In fact, Gabriella and I were talking. We should have a six-way love community, with Lisa as the always naked sex slave. Love is the key to everything. This won't work without love. I love all of you, and I expect each of you to love every other member of the group. Helen saw a couple of marvelling expressions and hastened to add, I mean the emotional definition of love. Remember, to always love Lisa, even as you are performing severe bondage and discipline on her, love her even when she makes mistakes, and we are treating each other as we want to be treated. 
It just so happens our love slave needs and craves complete bondage, discipline, and to be treated as the completely owned sex slave property that she now truly is. We were all smiling at Helen's message of love, and as I later found out, all of us were aroused by Helen's last words, that I was their totally owned slave property. My blush bloomed again, because Helen, yet again, openly stated that I had not just wanted this, that I craved it, needed it. It was one thing to be forced to be an always naked, uninhibited sex slave, and another for everyone to know I wanted it, that I loved it. Gloria smiled and patted my head and shoulder. I smiled back at her. Sasa proclaimed it was time to get going. Gabriella now stood. Ah, but first she needs more nutrition, she said. Gabriella gathered breakfast leftovers into a fresh bowl and placed it on the grass in front of me. Use your hands this time, slave, said Sasa. We want to get going. As I ate quickly, hungrily stuffing the food in my mouth, naked anus exposed and widened to the air as I kneeled on the ground, Sasa and Gloria grabbed backpacks and a large duffel bag and stood by me. When I had emptied the bowl, Gabriella held a bottle of water for me to guzzle. I returned my hands to my thighs and gulped it down, still kneeling like the subservient naked slave I was. Sasa told me to stand. Gloria locked my wrists together behind my back. Sasa waved bye to Helen and Gabriella and led the way off the veranda. Gloria gently smacked my derriere as she told me to march. At the word march, my pony slave training kicked in and I raised my knees high as I walked. Sasa led us down a path and along the top of a ridge with breathtaking ocean views. She turned into the forest and soon we were in a concealed meadow. Sasa took a large blanket out of the duffel bag and spread it out. At Sasa's suggestion, we sat on the blanket for a talk. She insisted that we all sit in a relaxed way, looking at me to let me know I didn't need to strike a slave pose, for example, kneeling with knees wide and back arched. I took the opportunity to fold my legs and sit sideways. As always, I felt amazing that I was the only one naked. Sasa outlined the rest of the day. Sasa would remain for the first hour, then she would leave Gloria and me alone for three hours. Gloria looked at me and grinned. Sasa would return at about 3pm. We would finish planning and rehearsing the evening show. I looked quizzically at Sasa, hoping for details. Sasa grinned as she told me, You're the star of the show, slave. I made a funny face to show I already knew that would be the case. Sasa looked at us seriously then. In the next hours, we have an important purpose. The slave is to learn through experience that Gloria is her mistress too. And Gloria is to learn through experience that she is like an owner of property, that she can fully and with no inhibitions enjoy and control the slave. Gloria is in control of the slave, her food, her sex, her bondage. And of course, Gloria can discipline her. I'll assist Gloria in the first hour. Gloria will alternate between providing pleasure and pain, so the slave will understand how much power Gloria has over her. The slave will know how deeply that Gloria is the source of it all. The slave may never think about Gloria the same way again, said Sasa. Oh, interjected a concerned-looking Gloria. I hope you'll still like me, she said. I smiled reassuringly. I'll only love you for it. Yeah, I'm crazy, I said. Sasa said firmly, you're not crazy. Gloria added, I've read about people who make it their lifestyle, 
Some people love and need it so much, they surrender total control to their lovers without even a safe word. Sasser appeared interested. Please send me some links about that. I'd like to read that. Gloria nodded. Sasser looked at me. So, there are people out there even more extreme than you, she said. I blushed and hesitated to speak. Sasser told me that this is a free speech session. I should please speak freely and join in now. I smiled and nervously said, It's nice I'm not the only one. It's a human thing. Sasser smiled reassuredly at me. You are not only a human and sane, but you are loved, deeply. It was Sasser's turn to blush. Gloria thoughtfully added, looking me directly in the eyes in her calm, steady way, I'm already falling for you too, and how can I resist? You're adorable, inside and out. I felt wonderful. I love you both too, and you're making me love being your slave even more. I'm fulfilled in every way, I said. Too bad it's just a few months, said Sasser. The summer ahead seems long now, but it might be over before we realise it. I hasten to add that there is an extension clause. Gloria asked whether I'm thinking of agreeing to it. Sasser asked me if I had to decide now. What would my answer be? I didn't hesitate. Definitely extend, I said, as I looked down in embarrassment. If it's even a fraction of how wonderful it is now, and we all love one another, and I am cherished, I can't see how I could decide otherwise. Wow, said Gloria. I told them they also feel a need of mine, that I'm not sure the others do as well. I have a need, I'm scared to admit, of thorough domination, of setting up the conditions for total surrender, in which I find peace of mind, if I am indeed safe and loved. Part of it is, I don't have to make any decisions. Another part is being an object of sexual attraction, which if the attraction is by people I love and trust, is a validation and, well, a big thrill I never tire of. I consider myself a giver and athlete. I give all, I receive many benefits in return. Sexual bliss, and with them, love, as Helen said. You two might be the ones who are tougher on me, while Helen and Gabriella fill another need I have for comfort and being taken care of. Sasser and Gloria looked at each other. Sasser spoke. Happy to provide those needs, very happy, but I will also take care of you. You can feel totally safe and secure with me. Me too, added Gloria. I would never want to go too far. You'll have to give me feedback. I'll say no and beg sometimes, but unless I use my safe word, I mean squeal, you're fine. And even if I do, you don't need to stop completely. Simply ease off, I said. Wow, said Gloria. Sasser asked with a gleam in her eyes, do you think you'll give over total control, total surrender, total ownership, no safe word? I nodded seriously. That can happen, once we know each other very well and have a lot of experience. Wow, repeated Gloria. Sasser leaned towards me to caress my face lovingly. I will strive for that. It is my goal to earn such a level of trust from you and such a level of love, she said. It would be total submission, the fulfilment of my dream. It started only as a fantasy, but Helen, and then you, and then now also Gabriella and Gloria, and hopefully Stefania, can make it my reality, I said. When I said total submission, I felt a tingling and increased moisture. When I said, can make it reality, I became emotional and my voice quivered. Wow, 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 breathed Gloria. What you are saying is making me emotional, amazed, and I admit, 
wet. Me too, emotional and wet, Sasa said huskily. Sasa kissed my lips with tender love. Gloria moved in to take her turn to kiss me on the mouth. Sasa didn't move away, but kissed my ear while Gloria kissed my lips. The tender expression of romantic love continued for what seemed like a long while. I could not remember how long, but it was a solid length of time. They did not French kiss me or lick me, but kept tender loving and caring kisses going. Then something amazing happened. As they were transitioning from my lips, their lips brushed. Gloria seemed to me to be the one to follow Sasser's lips with her own. Gloria softly pressed her lips into Sasser's, and Sasser began to return the kiss. After a while, Sasser pulled back and looked into Gloria's eyes. Gloria was flustered. I hope that was okay, she asked nervously. Sasser nodded. Helen said we should love one another. That was an expression of love. Gloria's voice quavered. I sort of felt sorry for her. She was so nervous. Thank you. I'm so sorry. Sasser caressed Gloria's hair. Don't be. It's all good. Gloria, still flustered and now almost weepy, whispered a confession. I've had a thing for you for years, Sasser. Never thought we'd hang out like this. We all laughed. I've always liked you very much, Gloria, and you keep just getting prettier and more graceful. Let's keep our mutual love circle alive and make it stronger. Helen's orders, anyway, Sasser giggled, dispelling all tension. Gloria was further reassured when Sasser then French kissed her. Sasser stood and stepped back to the edge of the blanket. Grinning at us, she said, With this new development, this is going to be even more fun. Now, let's get to work. Gloria's mistress training and more slave training for the slave to commence. Gloria and I planned some of this already. Slave, you are ordered to provide more ideas as we go. I nodded. Yes, my owner. They both looked at me with smiles at my submissive words. Gloria, still sitting beside me, gave me one more long, romantic, gentle kiss before standing up and pulling gear out of the duffel bag. Gloria put me in the face harness and reverse prayer tie, making me utterly helpless, except for the use of my legs. Gloria said, Most people would think this horrible, but you love it? she asked. Yes, mistress, I blushed. I feel so alive. I want this, if it's with people like you. I just get so helplessly aroused when I am skillfully dominated, as in, totally owned. Totally, I said. Gloria smiled in her natural, pure way and kissed me on the side of my head. I understand. I'm so lucky to have met such an adorable, pretty, submissive. I beamed at her. Such a tight body, too, she said. Gloria caressed and squeezed my naked derriere. Of course it was naked. It always was, but I like to emphasise and remind that I was completely nude all the time. And at my command today, Gloria glanced at Sasser, who nodded, prance around the meadow like a happy, young, filthy slave, commanded Sasser. I felt both humiliated and showing off as I leapt around and pranced like a young horse and like a ballerina, my naked legs and buttocks flexing in the sun. Keeping balance was a challenge, with my arms so tightly bound in reverse prayer. After a while, when I started breathing through my mouth as well as nose, the leather bit in my mouth, part of the face harness, making that more difficult. Gloria stepped to the middle of the meadow. She held an arm up, signalling me to stop and then go to her. Sasser was still over by the blanket in the shade, going through the backpacks. 
Gloria told me that this is pony girl training, and she wanted to see perfect form now. I nodded and spoke as well as I could through the bit. I'll follow you, Mrs. I said. Gloria smiled and caressed my head. Glancing over to Sasa, Gloria turned back to me with a little concern. I am truly falling for you and Sasa. Well, I was into Sasa years ago, but now falling. Crazy, I know. How do you feel about that, my falling for both of you? She asked. I looked into her eyes and touched my face harness to her face. We kissed, despite the bit. It is nice. Good, mistress, I said. You're a wonder, she replied. I kissed her again, as best I could. I think I love you, too, I managed to pronounce clearly enough. Then somehow the harsh training and discipline and domination we have planned, I have planned, seems harder to carry out. Maybe let's talk about that, she said. Gloria loosened the face harness enough to take the bit out. Mistress, I began, I will only love you more for all that. Really show you can give me what I crave. I crave to be made to totally submit, totally surrender. I want to surrender to you. Prove to me that you can be my owner. Make me your slave property. I would like that, I explained. Wow, she said. The total surrender, the totally being owned, is what makes me melt. That's what makes me very wet, I continued, urgently getting these important messages across. Like nothing else, I'd love for you to be the person who can take me and make me feel owned, totally and truly owned, totally in your control. Take me, Mistress Gloria, make me your sex slave. Wow, what a pep talk, said Gloria. We laughed a little. You just made me quiver down there, Gloria grinned. I saw she had lost some of her, until now, always calm, manner. Slave, you are so hot, Gloria purred lovingly. Gloria's tongue lunged into my mouth. We Frenched hard for a long time. When we slowed down, we were able to hear Sasser nearby clearing her throat. We smiled at Sasser, who with a funny sparkle in her eye said to Gloria, So we make out, and then you immediately start making out with someone else, she asked. She laughed at us and hugged us. She was carrying a few items. One of them was a butt plug with a tail. She showed it to Gloria. A pony needs a tail, she said. Gloria's eyes widened and smilingly said, Well, yes, of course. We all giggled. I giggled, even though that tail was about to be inserted into my anus. Without being told to, I presented my bare derriere. However, because my arms were so tightly bound, I couldn't bend over without falling. Sasser held me up from the front so I could bend down somewhat. I planted my feet wide and thrust my butt out. Gloria moaned, Oh, that beautiful ass! Sasser said, that's our ass, we own it, it's part of our slave property. This time I moaned, those words hit me right in my loins, right in the centre of my sexual imagination, igniting my flames. To be owned as a desired sex slave, hmm, oh. Sasser told me, don't worry sweet slave, I put globs of desensitising lube on it. Gloria gently pushed the butt plug in, and out in and out, eventually getting the thick part in deep enough for the plug to hold. It had to stay while I ran, pranced and jumped. It had a tail hanging from it. I moaned and grunted softly during Gloria's work. Sasa managed to caress my naked breasts as she kept me from falling forward. My sex juices were flowing, a lot. I was so turned on that they trickled down my inner thighs. When the butt plug was firmly in, Sasa helped me stand straight, 
Then she grabbed the long leash and clipped it to the ties, keeping my arms in the harsh reverse prayer. Handing the leash to Gloria, Sasser explained, Gloria can stand in the middle of the meadow while I run around Gloria in a circle. Sasser brandished a riding crop. Gloria, we will work as a team training the slave. You will be able to see better from the side whether she's raising her knees high enough and otherwise prancing well. Whenever she's not, I'll use this crop. I'll be listening. You can also tell her when you'd like her to go faster or slower. Gloria grinned and pointed to my glistening thighs. That kind of talk seems to get the slave's juices flowing, she said. I blushed and whimpered. Oh yes, I was in erotic yearning. I clenched the butt plug and thrust my hips forward and then around. Ooh, slave, that turns me on. Do that again, ordered Gloria. So I did. My naked bare pussy thrust forward as if it were trying to find relief. I continued to trickle sex juices as I thrust into the air. Gloria knelt in behind me. Raise your right leg, slave, she said. I obeyed and felt her move the tail up, causing the plug to move inside me. I moaned louder. Gloria touched the inside of my thigh. Yes, that's sex juice all right, Gloria verified. Oh, mistress, I moaned softly. Gloria stood and moved away until the leash was taut. Sasser moved behind me and slid the crop from my flank down to the side of my leg to my knee. Sasser tightened the face harness and nodded to Gloria. Okay, slave, she suddenly shouted. Start prancing, knees high. I'd never heard Gloria shout before, and it startled me. It caused a good burst of adrenaline, and I pranced energetically forwards. Sasser had trained me before. Remembering the sting of her crop, I raised my knees very high. To prance like this brings me to another level of humiliation. I'm being so very obedient, but in a more active way striving to bring my knees unnaturally high. I'm performing like an animal. Naked, hands bound behind in a particularly helpless way. Face harness and bit, feeling the butt plug firmly fill my anus. Feeling the tickle of the tail against the back of my legs. Leashed. Gloria giving orders, Sasser ready to sting me with the riding crop. I had to concentrate and breathe hard, but I could still feel this was one of the most erotically humiliating ways to be a total sex slave, at least to me. Whenever I saw my knee raised high, I felt the erotic humiliation of obeying. Whenever Gloria or Sasser praised my performance and effort, I was on a slave high for doing well and pleasing my owners. Whenever I was chastised or otherwise told how I could do better, I was disappointed in myself. I found I desperately wanted to please my lover mistresses. I perversely both did and did not like the sting of the crop. Soon my sweat added to the juices to make my naked skin glisten in the sun. A little saliva also escaped my mouth, though less than usual, trickling down my chin and neck and onto my chest. I'm not sure how long this went on by the clock, but it seemed long to me. They stopped for a water break. We walked to the shaded blanket my deep breathing loud. As we walked, Gloria admired my flat abdomen verbally and my sweating derriere with her left hand. After I kneeled on the blanket, Sasser took the face harness completely off and Gloria gently poured water into my mouth. Gloria noted my arms were red from the tight ties. Sasser added it's probably also from the exercise and agreed it's almost time to take them off. But Sasser recommended first that Gloria start imprinting with alternating pleasure and pain. To be continued. 
tantalizing end to this part of the chapter that's going to do it for this episode in terms of story although of course i've still got some analysis to offer i say analysis it's more just a rundown of the things that struck me as a little bit odd or unusual in a way it's just me coming to terms with the strangeness of this scenario working it out as i think i've mentioned before i'm not a lesbian um not into bdsm and i've never really engaged with much in the way of slavery. Um, In fact, I can say that my life has been, as far as I know, 100% slavery-free, although I do sometimes shop in places like Primark or Poundland, so you're never 100% sure, are you? So to begin, I think Lisa took that quite well, didn't she, when she was forced to get off the dildo pre-orgasm? I feel like maybe... You wouldn't feel triumphant if you'd just been denied an orgasm. But that's what Lisa tells us she's feeling when she's dragged off the dildo. (laughs) To be fair, she didn't want to get on it in the first place. So maybe it's sort of, it's a bit of a relief as well. Funny that uh, (laughs) she got a pat on the head. It's hard to see a pat on the head as anything but patronising, isn't it? Especially when it's followed by a sort of round of applause. (laughs) Helen obviously had to go into some admin discussions, wanted to just make sure everyone understands the deal. Everybody loves each other here. We're going to support each other and everybody has to love everybody else. I think that had kind of been established already. I think it's, in a way, it's the sort of thing that doesn't need to be said. If you're in an orgy, there's obviously going to be some love in there. Although I thought it was interesting that Helen had to specifically say that she meant the emotional definition of love. Uh, I guess that means not the physical definition of love. I guess that's the distinction she's making there. And she's kind of talking a little bit about unconditional love, which I think is a little bit unrealistic in this scenario. I don't think you can have the development of an unconditional love in that short a time frame. You know, when I think of unconditional love, I think of the love between a parent and child or that kind of deep unshakable feeling because i even think that most romantic love is not unconditional i think most people do have conditions that would make them say well i don't love you anymore there's quite a lot of people who have relationships based on monogamy and the understanding that there's an exclusive element to their relationship and if that is breached if one partner sleeps with someone else or even has an emotional connection with someone else that goes beyond a friendship and that can be something that can end a relationship pretty point blank so in a way i feel like it's a little bit unrealistic for helen to demand that everybody have this unconditional love and in a way she's kind of baiting them to fake it you know like when you when you set an expectation like that and say that it's a requirement for doing the thing you want to do then people are going to fake it and i don't think you can really fake love but then again i guess from the outside from helen and lisa's perspective as long as everyone's behaving themselves and their love is never tested then there's no real reason to be suspicious of them saying that they love Lisa, even though it is a bit unrealistic to expect them to have developed those very strong, intimate feelings at such an early stage. Thank goodness for Gabriella. I think in a way she's becoming the hero of this story. 
actually looking out for Lisa's needs, her basic needs, I mean, uh, making sure she gets a proper breakfast. <laughs> and funny that she was allowed to eat with her hands this time because everyone's in a rush. Not such a big deal now, is it, Sasser? Even though she'd had a real go at Gabriella earlier for giving her a cup of water. <laughs> as soon as Sasser's in a rush, then all the rules go out the window. Maybe that's just the sort of person that Sasser is. Very impatient. And I was saying that last time, wasn't I, about my surprise that Sasser isn't one of the first few people to get into a one-on-one with Lisa. And it seems like she's managed to talk her way into encroaching on Gloria's time in a little bit more of a serious way than Helen encroached on Gabriella's time. I feel like Helen was maybe only there for a little bit just to give some encouragement, whereas it seems like Sasa is really milking it and trying to have kind of her own fun during Gloria's time. But maybe that's a case of Gabriella being just a little bit older, a little bit more trusted. Gloria, we know she's a little bit inexperienced, perhaps it's a good thing that Sasser's there. Although let's not forget that Sasser is really quite new to this as well. She was only introduced to this uh, maybe a few weeks ago by Helen before they came to the island. Previous to that, it seemed like she was more interested in the boys and chasing a heterosexual romance. But as I said, Sasser is impatient, so she's probably overstated her expertise and convinced Helen to let her take the lead in training Gloria up. Weird that we get this whole dynamic of the doubt creeping in and then the reassurance, and we almost get that every time. Everyone doubting that this is the right thing to do or that it's really what everyone wants or that it's okay, and then them going through the rigmarole of reassuring each other that this is fine, that it's not crazy, you're not insane. <laughs> I mean, that's, that must be kind of a giveaway, don't you think? If, if you have to stop when you're doing an activity and think, am I insane? And then have other people tell you, no, you're not insane, for you to then go, no, you're right, I'll, okay, I'll keep, keep doing what I was doing. That must be a little bit of a wake-up call. I feel like those signals that your body, that your brain is sending you, that little bit of your mind that goes, is this completely insane? Maybe listen to that from time to time. Because I think some of the stuff you're doing, like prancing around in a meadow dressed up as a horse, is kind of insane. Not to kink shame anyone. I mean, you're allowed to enjoy it. All I'm saying is if you're doing it and you get that part of your brain that's saying, should I be doing this? Is this completely balmy? then maybe it is completely balmy and it's not for you. Whereas I think probably most people who get into this stuff, there's not a doubt in their mind. Once they've tried it and they see they love it and become a fantasy for a while, I don't know if there's going to be that bit in their brain questioning their sanity. No, I think they, they love it and they go for it. And obviously I've only got my own relatively vanilla sexual experiences to go on when it comes to making a judgment on this kind of thing. But I, I tell you what, I've never looked at a pair of boobs and gone, oh, am I insane for wanting to squeeze these boobies right now? Is this insane? No, you know it isn't insane. You know it's what you want. And so there's there's not that doubt there. And it's weird that we're focusing so much on that doubt when when it comes down to it, and we get this said in no uncertain terms, that if the contract was up for being renewed, Lisa would be all over it. She would love that. She'd, she'd say yes. So I don't know why we're spending so much time 
having this, I think it's, in a way, it's almost like a false doubt. I don't think it's believable at this point for the character of Lisa and and the other characters in this story to be doubting whether this is something they really want to do. I think this isn't a moment of doubt. This is a moment of really enjoying it and letting yourself go and throwing yourself into it. And I think to return to the doubt and the back and forth of, is this okay? Do you really like this? Yes, I really do. Okay, then I'll do it. Just doesn't really match with what we know about Lisa at this point. It doesn't fit into the stage that she's at in her journey of becoming a lesbian slave. Big moment, though, for Gloria and Sasa. We found out that Gloria has had a crush on Sasa for a while. Interesting that nothing ever happened between them before. I mean, didn't they mention that they would see each other quite frequently when they came to visit this island? Sasa doesn't seem like the type to be coy about what she wants. And to be honest, Gloria doesn't seem that coy either. Although I know she's a bit more inexperienced, a little bit shy. She's a bit of a quiet one. I feel like Sasa could have brought that out of her earlier. So it's a surprise to me that nothing has happened previous to this. And also kind of a surprise that there's so much awkwardness around the kiss. Hasn't it already been quite well established that they're all lesbian, or at least bisexual women, who appreciate each other's company, appreciate each other's bodies, are here for a sexual experience? And I feel like a kiss is quite lightweight, isn't it? I don't know whether you need to feel sorry about that or feel awkward about it. And I kind of feel like maybe that paragraph, that little section of this part of the chapter, is just in here because it plugs into a bit of queer fantasy about the anxiety of whether this is allowed or not, the taboo of it almost. So I can understand why it's in there from that point of view, but it doesn't really scan here. It doesn't really go with where we are in the journey, where we are in the story. But a juicy bit of backstory at any rate. It's, I think it's nice when a story acknowledges the past of the characters and brings to the fore some previously unspoken desires. So I think that is good background flavour for Gloria to have had a crush on Sasa for a while even if it does seem unrealistic that nothing would have happened up until this point, and even more unrealistic that there would be any awkwardness around that, or even perceived awkwardness, because in the end it isn't awkward, and Sasa, quite rightly, I think, dismisses any notion of that by laughing it off and giving her a nice French kiss back. And speaking of kind of flogging a dead horse, no pun intended really, but there we are, that's where we've got to. The puns are making themselves at this point. I can't believe that we are still being reminded that Lisa is naked and making a big deal of that. And it's even become self-referential. We're getting meta about the nakedness because Lisa in brackets says, well, of course I was naked. I always was. But I like to <laughs> I like to emphasize to remind that I was completely nude all this time. It's like, yeah, we know. We know. You keep going on about it and you're always naked. At this point, there's no need to mention it. It's not a surprise, especially not when we're literally off the back of a chapter talking about your bare exposed anus. There's been no mention of you putting on clothes and we wouldn't expect you to. So there's no need to mention your nudity apart from just to hammer that dead horse, I think. And I think it is a dead horse at the moment, uh, that fantasy of being naked while everyone else is clothed. And I'll admit, in the beginning, the first few episodes, quite an erotic image, sexy thing for us as readers to consider. But at this point, it's lost all of that effect. It's lost a lot of the sting 
that it had in those early chapters because Lisa's done things that are way more humiliating than simple nudity. The nudity, in a way, seems quite wholesome at this point. Some hilarious bits of dialogue in there too, especially when Lisa has the bit in her mouth. And I think the bit is, it's like a little bit of, I don't know if it's like metal or leather or, but it's like a thin gag. Like it's not quite a ball gag. It's more like a strip of material in the mouth and that's used by people who ride horses to tug on and you tug left or you tug right to sort of tell the horse which way you want it to go it was kind of funny that lisa was trying to still talk through that and that fit and trim had accurately described phonetically the sounds that she was making (laughs) and that is that's that's genuinely how it's written here so i'm not just putting on a voice there imagining it for myself that is how it's written which is a funny little thing to do, I think. Although not necessarily sexy. It's a bit more of a like comedy thing to do, isn't it? Rather than a sexy thing to do. And I think you could get around the ridiculousness of having those words phonetically spelled as if they're coming out of somebody's gagged mouth by just mentioning in Lisa's inner narrative that she had trouble saying it through the bit. We could have had her say things normally and then just mention that it was coming out a bit garbled. But I have to say, I deeply respect the commitment to accuracy. In a way, should Lisa even be talking when she's pretending to be a horse? You know, horses don't talk, and then they never talk. Horses don't even talk in a kind of garbled voice. They don't talk at all. They don't have language, as far as we know. I wonder how long it'll be before Lisa's not allowed to talk anymore, before she has to communicate in neighs, whinnies, and strong exhales through the nose. One of my favourite lines in this part of the chapter, a pony needs a tail. (laughs) And of course, the tail butt plug with globs of desensitising lube on it uh, is slid right inside Lisa's anus. Interesting that they use desensitising lube. I don't remember there being any worry about Lisa experiencing sensations before. I guess the only reason you would put a desensitising lube on something is in case it causes pain. But then that's not been a concern of especially Sasa in previous chapters, so I don't know why she's so worried about putting desensitising lube on the butt plug at this point. No sooner is the butt plug in place than Lisa is prancing around the meadow in a very horsey type way, but also in a ballerinery type way. Two things which I hadn't really thought of as compatible with each other horses i don't feel like they're particularly graceful they're quite big lumbering animals whereas ballerinas super graceful super in control very careful and the opposite of a great big lumbering horse to my mind but nevertheless such prancing and dancing around gives lisa a slave high a slave high That's what she gets. I'm not sure I understand what a slave high is. I I don't know if that's a historic term or if that applies purely to BDSM type slavery. But I think, again, it comes down to that difference between or the kind of conflict, really, between the idea of Lisa as a slave and her consensual participation in the slavery. And I think 
those two things just don't really they don't really go together they're kind of mutually exclusive if you are consenting to something you're not really in slavery because slavery is something that you can't consent to it's it's by its very definition against your will so in a way i kind of have a problem with just the very definition of lisa as a sex slave because she isn't a slave on many counts she's a volunteer to start with she's being paid and she's also enjoying and getting a lot of pleasure out of the things she's doing to cap it all off she's not even really owned permanently this is just a a short-term contract really and she can decide to kind of pack it in really whenever she wants i mean I'm, i'm pretty sure that if lisa at this point turned around to helen and sasser and the rest of the gang and said look this isn't for me anymore i've had my fill of this and i I don't want to do this anymore get me off this bloody island i don't think that they would stand in her way at least not without violating some of the core tenets of love and compassion that helen seems so keen on pushing on everyone there must be another word to describe what's going on here what role lisa really plays She's more like a a sex employee, you know what I mean? Rather than a slave, she's a sex employee. That's what she is. More power to her. But I think, really, to identify as a sex slave, it's inaccurate and possibly a bit offensive. Interesting, I think, that there's there are no black characters in this story. And maybe if there was, then that term would be a little less inviting. Maybe there would be some problems or issues raised about that. But this is set in a very white, privileged world, isn't it? You know, Sasser and Helen are rich, beautiful white women. I think they're from Sweden, did did she say in episode one? Yeah, they're from Sweden. I wonder if that's something that will come up in the official publication. If maybe, because chapter 18 isn't the end of the story, it's just as far as it's got to on the Literotica website. So maybe chapter 19 or in one of the 20s, we might have somebody from a black or ethnic minority community join the six um, and give them their perspective on Lisa's slavery. Anyway, I don't want to get up on a high horse about this. I don't think Fit and Trim is trying to be offensive here. I just think it's an interesting thing to think about. And I don't really understand what on earth a slave high could be. What is that feeling? Is that something I'm missing out on in my life? To be honest, I'm not that curious to try it for myself, to to experience that feeling, the slave high. My gut instinct is that it's probably more trouble than it's worth. Interesting that they went to all the effort of using that desensitizing lube on Lisa, but this time they haven't bothered to put suntan lotion or insect spray on her. And let's not forget, this is a tropical island, so, I mean, it's going to be hot weather, bright sun shining down on her exposed derriere. She's prancing around naked in a meadow, covered in her own sexual juices, saliva, getting very sweaty. The bugs are going to be all over her. I don't know if you've ever spent any time, even in a meadow, in a sort of temperate climate, there's bugs and they're attracted to you and they will be all over you very quickly and they will be biting you they're gonna bite you this is sort of one of those fantasies where they like to focus on the nitty-gritty when it suits them and we have to sit through loads of detail when it comes to the contract the owner's manual and all the admin stuff but then we go running around a meadow in the in the nude and 
all sense of realism and detail goes out the window. Never mind. I wonder if Lisa will really sign up for another... She's got six months of this. So I wonder if she'll sign up for another six months, given that we're only sort of a week in, and we've already basically done all of her ultimate fantasies. She's doing one of them right now, running around like a horse. She's done the chair this morning. I mean, I think, like, because part of the fun for Lisa is just the upping of the ante, the being pushed to do humiliating things. But if you do something that's humiliating every day, it stops having that power over you. It stops being humiliating. I remember when I worked in a restaurant for the first time, I was really shy and didn't, I didn't like talking to strangers or just members of the public. And so I found it quite embarrassing, a little bit humiliating to do things like going over to a table to ask, oh, is there anything else I can get you? Or, oh, do you need your drinks refilling? Found that a little bit embarrassing, a little bit awkward. Um, but after six months of working in the restaurant, it felt natural. It didn't bother me at all. It was just part of the experience, part of the work that needed doing. And so I didn't feel any emotions towards it. And so in a similar way, I think that running around a meadow with a horse harness on and, and eating carrots out of the hand and weeing in a corner of the patio and getting water spat into your mouth, that stuff's not going to stay humiliating forever. They're going to have to keep upping the ante. And I don't know where it can go from here. So I wonder if Lisa will even be up for doing it for another six months. She might be bored of it by then. And maybe I'm just saying that because after 18 chapters and 20-odd episodes of this podcast, I'm getting a little bit bored of the fantasies that Lisa's been subjected to again and again. But if I'm feeling that, just as a reader, spending maybe an hour or so reading and talking about this podcast, then I'm sure that Lisa, who's in it all the time, experiencing it, day after day, hour after hour, minute by minute, she must be getting bored of it at some point within that six months. But there we are, that's all we had for this part of the chapter. Seems like they're planning a kind of show or performance for Lisa. Maybe we'll find out what that's going to be in the next part. But I'm going to go out on a limb here and say I think it's just going to be pony-based. I think it's going to be prancing around in a horsey fashion and that's going to be the show. That's, that's without having read ahead, without knowing what's going to happen, that's my little bet on what the show will be. I think it'll be a type of horse show. Like, what's the horse dancing that they have um, where they do sort of little jumps and sort of cross their hooves over? Dressage. I think it'll be a dressage performance with Lisa as the horse. That's my wager with myself no stakes apart from just the joy of knowing i was right but we'll find out on the next episode of this podcast when we read part three of chapter 18 of lesbian slave island by author fit and trim if you want to read ahead get to grips with some of the previous chapters in a deeper way read it for yourself in your own intonation in your own voice you can do that by logging on to literotica.com and searching for Fit and Trim as an author. And you can find all the chapters of Lesbian Slave Island there for you to read. You can leave comments. You can rate the chapters. You can... Oh, that's all you can do. Those are the two things you can do. You can rate and comment. So do those things. If you, if you do, stop in for a bit of a read yourself. 
If you've been enjoying this podcast and you're committed to seeing it through to the bitter end, then please join us again for the next episode. It'd be great if you could leave a like or a rating on this podcast, leave a review or comment, um, subscribe to the podcast so that you're notified and it downloads the episode ahead of time. So maybe from the train or something. I don't know when people would listen to something like this, maybe on their commute, I'm imagining. People just having it as a bit of a background thing while they're traveling. Um, but if you download it ahead of time, you don't have to worry about your 4G or what do they call it, your data or logging into Wi-Fi while you're out and about. You can just have it there in the bank to enjoy at your leisure. And that's all I've got to say this time. Apart from the usual wishes for a pleasant week and the saying of goodbye. Wow, 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 breathe. <laughs> wow, 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 breathed Gloria. <laughs>